Dove dreams of the world outside the cult, but the big, strong construction worker on the road scares her. Jake is an ex-convict with a hard life. He knows he can't have the pretty girl in the flowing white dress. The shy curiosity in her blue eyes drives him wild, but one touch could send him back to jail, or worse. Saved from the Cult by Winter James is out now, 99 cents, and free in Kindle Unlimited. Go on with your taboo love and self and click this book. Trust me, you will not be sorry. Hey, lady listeners. Hey, lady DJs. How's it going? It's going. It's Friday. It's it's Friday. It's it's not your typical Friday. You don't, but you know what? Maybe it is your, maybe it is your typical Friday. Maybe (laughs) all you were doing was going to stay and read a book anyway. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. We're here for the uh, second installment of Set a J. Set a J. Sweet his thirst. baby yes. Set a J. I'm so happy she's here with us. And she finally lowered her word count to get on this goddamn podcast. She wrote us, one, <laughs> she wrote us a book and, and she was like, I couldn't get it in under 25,000 words. We're like, like, try again. Try again. <laughs> I love I was her. like, that's expensive to turn into audio. <laughs> You're like, oh. 25 can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I? Sh- did you guys see I put I did a poll in uh, Read Me Romance headquarters this week asking which book they wanted yes. to hear from me next on the yeah. podcast? Uh-huh. So the overwhelming favorite was Stripper. I did. I wrote like a short story about a strip, a male stripper and a Sunday school teacher <laughs> <laughs> for my for my group, uh, my Facebook group, like a long time ago. And it's it's like it's it's I nasty. wrote it and mine came in last. <laughs> Which one did you vote for, Dave Gandy? I can't remember, but it was like last. I was like, what the hell? The stripper was the last one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. You'll like it. Um, Is he a virgin? It's not like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he... It's complicated. Um, but he... Uh, oh, there was, a, there was stripper and Sunday school teacher. There was David Gandy fan fiction where he falls for his assistant, which I am That's what I voted point. for. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, That's what like, I voted I would for. listen to that one. I'm going to play that at some point because it's really, it's really juicy. And then the other one, I can't remember. Shoot. <laughs> I don't know. It got second oh, place. <laughs> oh, Room Crasher. It was about a, a romance cover model who accidentally gets booked in the same room as a romance reader at a convention. <laughs> Mel, I'm sure you wanted to hear that one. <laughs> No comment. So anyways, um, yeah, they look great on covers. They're not always great in person. Uh, (laughs) Stop. Just stop right now. Just stop. Oh, okay. So I was going to tell you one of the things that Mel posted up in um, headquarters that she said, why can't I stop watching this? And it's an Instagram account. And they also have a Facebook page. And it's called sprinklepop.shop. That's their handle on IG. Sprinklepop.shop. And it is mesmerizing. They put in this huge bowl, they layer different colors of sprinkles, and then they slowly like mix them together. And it's just how the sprinkles blend. But they're not just regular sprinkles. They're like gold chrome sprinkles and like pretty pearl sprinkles. And then they have like ones that are like ducks for spring and bunnies. And then they have strawberry ones. And they have like all these different like 
sugary sprinkles that they mix together and they sell them so you can buy them in like little tiny containers or you can buy them in like big packages I think it ranges from like eight to twenty bucks or something like that in that sprinkle range but I've seen like the high end it's basically high end sprinkles but I've seen them on like cupcakes and I've seen them like mixed in cookies and oh my god like they just seen them in the centers of cakes before like you cut the cake and they fill out exactly Mm -hmm. and it's like if you want that like super high end look on something like that like that's the one you're gonna go for but like I just want to eat them I what? love when you do that sound. That's why I was laughing. Whenever you really like something, you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know she's really into it. She's like, uh-huh. When I was talking about the cake. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to watch I remember one time sitting at a – I was sitting at a restaurant after a spa or something, and you, your brother, and your sister were there. And they're talking, and me and my friend Jay are just sitting back, and they are gossiping about something. But every time they would finish sentence, finish a sentence, they'd go – Mm-hmm. And it was the <laughs> most funny thing I'd ever seen because all three of them are doing it back to back, back to back. I'm like, this is amazing. Because norma- it's normally just me doing it to you. <laughs> and it was the three yeah, of Yeah, you'll do it on your. Yeah, but it was the three of you. I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> but it was like they were gossiping. So it was like this little circle. The, well, the three of us we have were, a group chat, and that's what we do. We just talk a lot of shit. <laughs> we actually, so so my brother and sister and I, um, the, I'm in the middle, and my brother's the oldest, my sister's the baby, and she's the brat. But um, So it's the three of us together. And um, so she actually, my sister posted it up yesterday, and she said that, um, she said that quarantine is like has airport rules. You can drink anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, I like have this. a drink at nine a.m. if you want. Well, yeah. so and we all so my whole family goes together on a beach trip every year, and we always call it champagne campaign. And so we start like in the morning. One of us is usually the first one to ask, and we say, okay, we can't start champagne campaign till noon. And we're like, all right. And I'm not a big drinker, anyways. Like it is, it's rare that I have a drink once a month. And so when I go on this beach trip, I'm never the first one to be like, yes, let's have a drink because I'm just I won't be able to function and I just I get stupid. And so but as the week progresses, my brother and sister just start to do it on their own. And it gets earlier and earlier. And <laughs> by the end of the week, it's like 845. And they're like, it's almost nine. And then my brother's like, you know what, we should put a little vodka in this champagne. And then it's just like they just go over the edge. So they've been joking about um champagne campaign during um quarantine i'm like i still have to teach my kids guys like i still have to try to make them functioning adults right now so it's it's been fun but you know we're we're able to still talk a lot of shit on you know our family members just the three of us in this one group chat we do a lot of mm-hmm <laughs> in there so mm-hmm. but yes follow sprinkle pop shop dot shop follow them on instagram that's one thing that i am um obsessed with right now so, if anybody else has any Instagram accounts that are making them happy, go for I it. I love um, influencers in the wild. If you aren't watching, if you don't have <gasps> yes, I love okay. that one. So at influencers in the wild, oh my, it's basically it an account me. that it's only been around for like a month, but it's basically people filming other people in public taking selfies of themselves or doing like some elaborate thing to get a great Instagram picture. <laughs> yep. And it makes people look so dumb. <laughs> 
wonderful. It makes it's me, like people dangling off a monkey bar and making stupid like one faces. Guy's like, like, like one lady's like climbing to the edge of a cliff so she can get this picture. And it's like, influencer in the wild, watch her die. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what? Yeah. Or yeah. just like women, like people running through fountains and like falling over. <laughs> it's great. Just, just to get a good like Instagram shot. This one guy's like filming this car, like this really sexy car and he's filming it. He's getting up close and all of a sudden the car like pops in reverse and like hits the gas and it gets run over. <laughs> it's, like, it's no, it's not always people getting hurt though. It's not, it's like very rarely people getting hurt. Usually it's just somebody like taking a crazy selfie yeah, or like yeah. ha- walking and talking with a selfie stick in front of them. And then they like run into a, a I didn't know this was a thing. I should start recording what? my daughter because she does some weird stuff. Like I'll walk past her. Chewing. <laughs> do it. Yeah, her. do that, and then post it to influencer in the wild because that one's wild. that one's giving me all the good feels. And um, so I know I mentioned before that um, I think on the last week's episode, um, during Alexa Riley's week, that I am obsessed with uh, my bathtub group <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah, and they are just giving me so much life. Someone taught me how to make lotion bars. And they're like these, uh, so I've ordered all the ingredients and it's coming this weekend. So I'm going to report back next week on how I make them, how it went. I'm going to do it with my kids. They're like these little like lotion bars and melts you can put in the tub with you or that when you get out of the tub, you can rub on your body. And it's supposed to be like lush stuff. So like the, uh, oh, I forgot to hit record on our video. I just realized that. Uh Uh-oh. That's okay. We're just going to. We're just gonna go. We'll just skip it this week. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna start the video portion halfway into it, but um, but yeah. So I'll report back and let you guys know um how the lotion bars worked out. But apparently, you can make them into little like um like truffle size balls that you can put in your bathtub with you, and they just melt as you bathe, and it makes your skin really soft. Or when you get out and you're still warm, you just rub them on your body, and it's supposed to like be. Make your skin really soft. I don't know. It's got like, um, they sent me all the ingredients. I ordered them off Amazon. It was like, um, beeswax was part of it, but then it had shea butter and like one of the essential oils I got was lemongrass and the other I got was peony to do like a floral one and then a fresh one. So we're going to try them. I got like molds and glitter and all this shit. So I would try that. My daughter loves doing stuff like that. I tried bath bombs and I it suck at those. So, yeah, I don't think homemade bath bombs are ever great. No. Sorry. If you're out there and you make great ones, then more power to you. But mm-hmm. after you've experienced the lush ones and you see how much color and how much yes. they put into the bath, it's really hard to get one that's like white and that just sits there and kind of like slowly fizzes. And you're like, ah. I know, right? Where's my where's my rainbow? Yep. And it's <laughs> um, not, and they never, spoiled. I don't feel like they ever feel as good too. Like it's just not, it's yeah. not as well, great Yeah, well, the thing quality. about the lush bath bombs, I, I buy them for my daughter every once in a while and I cut mm-hmm. them up into fourths. Yes, yes. She's like, because one fourth of that thing is just as powerful as you need. You don't need to use a whole one at, at once. So they are ridiculous. Like they're six dollars. Yeah, but you can you can break it up into four pieces and just like stretch it. You know what's something fun I did this week with my daughter is I was like, okay, well, I want you to come down to the basement and teach me a yoga class. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's a good so idea. like we set up mats and she was the yoga teacher. Because <laughs> she does yoga at school, so she feels like she's an expert on yeah. it. So she has like eight moves in her wheelhouse, and she just like and her watching me try to do the moves was making her giggle so hard. Oh, that's so great. fun! 
Yeah. Um, real quick, I did want to mention, um, I do like Lush bath bombs, but like Tessa had said, they're super pricey. There was, um, one of the ladies in my group, she makes them, she has a site. So, um, it's called, um, zombie botanicals and every month they make a bath bomb that they donate 30% to charity. So, um, their bath bomb this month is, um, uh, it's uh, March charity is National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. And their quote is because they work on ending violence against indigenous women. And it's a charity that absolutely deserves more donation and publicity. So if you buy a bath bomb from them, um, like I said, they donate 30% of the of what they make off of it to um, to a different charity. The bath bomb six bucks, too. So and it's huge, like it's like palm size. So, um, so that's just something to think about too, if you wanted to, to try a different resource. So they're really awesome. Yeah. So it's shop local too. It's just a, a local lady that, um, that does it and not, not a big box store. That was something else. I know a lot of people have suggested during this time is try to support local businesses and women owned businesses and, and things that you can during this time. So, um, I have a local soap shop. I stocked up, um, got a gift card from a local restaurant um, I got a gift card from a coffee shop here too. Oh, that's a good idea actually yeah. is doing gift cards. Cause we were talking yeah. about the other day, like how you just kind of can't get, you kind of can't wrap your mind around why, what's safe. About other people preparing your food and yeah. then eating it yeah. right now. And like, you know, you just want to support mm-hmm. local businesses, but you also are like wary of people mm-hmm. preparing your food. So go buy gift cards. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. And then use them later. We got, um, I actually, with the local soap shop here, I called them. They, um, I paid uh, via um, Venmo on my phone and they left the bag up front. I just walked in and I grabbed what I picked up, put it in my bag and left. So I didn't have to interact with anybody. It was great. And um, <laughs> so, I mean, the, there are local businesses are doing the, the coffee shop here. They're, um, you tell them their order and they'll bring it to your car. So that that's another thing too. And then I do Girl Scout delivery <laughs> locally. I've done that. I've delivered to several houses where they pay me via Venmo or Zelly. And then I'll just go drop it. I do porch delivery. I say, you don't even have to come out of your house. I don't want to see you anyways. So, <laughs> so <laughs> there are people my... locally. If you just ask them, they'll accommodate you. So Yeah. I mean, my husband's uh, bar is obviously closed for business. Yeah. And they're doing takeout. Um. But, you know, I get it if it's food related, that's suspect. Like, I know that that's scary, but there's like, like our cookies are prepackaged. You know, if there's something you can. Yeah, prepackaged foods is probably, and then cardboard transference is like the the risk of cardboard on like touching your hands and somebody having to touch that cardboard is really low. What'd you say, Um, Mel? I said I asked somebody about food. Yeah. And said the reason that they're allowing food is because it can't live on the food. That's what I wondered too. It just doesn't stay on it. That's what I wonder too. Like it would be, it would be like a, a, like a quick transference that way. It's kind of like, you know, they talked about like AIDS can't live outside the body, you know, like you have to get it through fluid transfusion or transfer, fluid transfer. I don't think you need this through fluid. It can be in the air. Yeah. But once it lands on the, except for like, they're saying stainless steels and plastic, Mm -hmm. it can stay on for three days. Okay. Yeah. But they say this that day and this the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Don't take my word. I just reading shit online. Well, that's why I was like, okay, so the soap company here is local. And I was like, that's something that I can stock up on and it supports a local business. 
And so, you know, there are local places here that I could grab things. The, there was another shop downtown that sells like, it's like a boutique store. But, um, I went in and bought like these wash, these like scrub things, like washcloth things from them. So it's like, you know, there are local businesses around if you really, you know, think about the things that you could utilize and support if you're able to. I know this is a tough time for everybody thinking about, you know, financially how we're going to walk away from this. So, um, you know, if you're, if you are, uh, you know, a person that owns your own business, you know, let us know how we can help. So, um, so I do have, um, several questions for you guys. If y'all want to play, play questions with Leah, this is my corner questions with Leah. All right. What personality trait of your partner do you wish you had more of? Um, that's easy. I wish I could be more, um, direct. My husband is very direct. Some people think he's coming off harsh or whatever but it's just how he talks sometimes and it's just if he wants to say something he's gonna say it it's gonna be right to the point and that's it I wish I had that a little bit more my husband is um really good at planning like when it comes to finances like I I don't know if I ever told you guys this but when I got pregnant with Mackenzie he got us a Disney credit card, like when I was pregnant, three months pregnant. And by the time she turned five, we had enough points for Disney that like the whole trip was paid for. Holy shit. That's awesome. And he's very good at planning financially like that. He, Uh um, and I'm not, I'm very bad at it. So he, he's like, okay, we're going on a trip in six months. He'll just start putting money in an envelope and he won't tell me about it. And then we'll go on the trip and he'll be like, okay, here's what we have to spend or here's what we have to like, you know, play with. And <laughs> he's really good at that and I'm not. So um, I wish I had a little bit more like financial organization skills. I wish that I could be, um, my husband plays devil ad- devil's advocate all the time. He is always willing to see something from another side. And I have a hard time with that. And that's something that like, I feel like maybe as we've gotten, you know, as we've grown in our relationship, I feel like maybe I do that more because of him, but he's the first person to say, well, think of it from their side or, you know, well, the other person might feel this or, you know, this other group of people would see it like this. You know, he's the first person to do that. I mean, he's also really smart and analytical and I wish, you know, I had some of that too, that I was more on that way, like, He's really good with math, (laughs) but like, I do wish that I had the ability to, you know, quickly recognize that, you know, someone else is affected in a different way than I am. And and he is that way. So that's my answer. Final answer. (laughs) Um, If your partner filled in for you at work, what would happen? Nothing. not the same thing it's i don't think this this question works for romance (laughs) no i wonder how it would go like let's say pat had to spend a day as tessa bailey sometimes sometimes he'll say something to me during sex and he'll be like you're gonna put that in a book and what what is that (laughs) something you put in a book you should write that in a book so i think it would just be like one or two sentences like How would he manage your social media? That's what I would wonder, too. It's like, okay, well, if you had to spend a whole day as Alexa Riley, you better get used to managing social media and answering emails. 
The pictures would be horrible. Oh god, you guys show your husband's covers, and they always pick the wrong one. Like out of these two covers, I'm like, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Mel, your husband would have to do our graphic design. Mine would have to manage social media. Mine would just post memes all day. Offensive, (laughs) offensive. He would actually be pretty good. I mean, we would lose a lot of followers because he'd be like, bam, with the most inappropriate. He would do the most offensive memes ever and be like, oh, you can't take a joke. You like that's, yeah. his, that's his defense when people get upset by his memes. He's like, You can't take a joke, <laughs> <laughs> not that it's offensive or anything. So, all right, do you eat differently when you're alone than when you're with your partner? Um, I could, I could definitely say Mel saying no because she's just gonna eat whatever the oh, fuck well, she I'll wants. I'll take that back. I do do if we go out to restaurants sometimes. I do, I think I might have said it before. If I don't know what I want, I go to the bathroom and I let my husband order for yeah. me. Yeah, and then like it's a surprise. That. That's so cute. I think that's fun. I know. But I would, come, I would be like, "Why'd you order this?" <laughs> He's Scallops? actually well, you've been together so long. Oh no! Like one time, he actually had something made for me that wasn't on the menu. Ooh, that's a baller. Like he had that a, is baller. Took like a couple different things and was like, "Can you do this? But put this with this." And then it came out. I'm like, "What is this? I've never seen this." He's like, "Yeah, I had him put it together." But he's also a chef, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, do I eat differently? Uh, yeah, because when my when my husband's at work or when he used to work, <laughs> I would eat. Um, I would eat. Uh, I eat dinner at the co- at the coffee table with Mackenzie. Like she, mm-hmm. we watch Say Yes to the Dress and eat at yes. the coffee table. And like, I feel like it's just a different. It's like you're hunched over. Mm-hmm. You're eating differently. You're eating faster. You're not paying as much attention to your etiquette, maybe. Mm-hmm. But as far as like what I eat, that does not wouldn't change necessarily. Okay. I would definitely, mine definitely changes. When he's not here, I'm like, I'm like a guy on his freshman year in college with (laughs) his mom's credit card. I'm like, I want corn nuggets, pizza bites, like bagel bites, just Chick-fil-A. I'm going to eat absolute trash and I'm going to eat a shit ton of it. And then I'm going to do it and I'm going to feel sick for like two days. So I don't get to do it often, but when I do, I absolutely binge. I'm like, you remember that um that Lifetime movie, Clarissa to Flockhart, where she would like eat and then throw up and stuff? I do that, except yes. I don't throw up. So <laughs> that junk run she does <laughs> where she gets a car full of food in the woods and she just binge eats, that's me. But then I smile and go home instead of puke, so... Sometimes uh, when I'm by myself, like my favorite thing to get is Mexican food because I will eat an entire container of salsa and an entire Me bag too. of chips no. and I, I cannot not overeat when Can't I eat stop. Mexican food. So like that's something that I, when I'm alone, I would like to, I like to eat a lot. I like to order mm-hmm. his Mexican food because I go overboard. I like that. Yeah. Um, what's something out of character that you'd love to see your partner do? <laughs> Uh, take a vacation, like plan a vacation. Oh, okay. Like plan the whole thing. Yeah. Like plan the whole thing, uh-huh. like the details or like go, you know, let's go to dinner tonight and like make a reservation and just like surprise me or something. He's, he's not very good at like surprising me. My husband actually did that a couple weeks ago. He planned a date night for us, got the sitter, got the tickets. All of it was a surprise. It was so I, incredible. Yeah, I saw that you did the murder mystery. Yeah, night. yeah. How was it? It was great, actually. It was really fun. I think the problem I had was that there were they had 10 people at a table on, on what should have probably been a six-top table. So the place was really crowded, but it sells out in like 10 minutes. So wow. they try to pack as many in as they can so people can get it. 
you know, but it was really fun. Like the actors were great. The food was, I mean, it was pretty good. It was catered from Olive Garden. So, you know, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was a good time. I'd do it again. Yes. But yeah, it was really fun. But yeah, um, I love Olive Garden. I, I, I love that salad. Mm-hmm. I love the salad and breadsticks. You can't, you can't do wrong. And my mom always said she wished my dad would grow a beard. My dad never ha- has never had facial hair. And the whole time they've been together and that I've known him, he's never, ever grown a single facial hair. He wakes up, first thing he does is shave. Like, that's, he's, I've never seen him not wake up and take a shower in my entire life. Like, it's just, that's his routine. Wakes up, takes a shower, shaves his face. Like, that's, My that's husband's it. like that. He cannot, he will not leave the house until he's shaved. Mm-hmm showered and tried on two outfits he's so weird <laughs> those fashions he's done his fashion i love that trimmed his fingernails i told you guys he uh-huh. trimmed his fingernails every morning i hear it in the bathroom it's like click click that's so cute <laughs> but yeah i think that i thought that i always think about that with my mom i think that's always something she wished my dad would have tried to grow on a beard but he couldn't see in the feel of it i think i wish my husband would do like i, th- I don't know like i don't it's not that I want him to cook more because he's going to make a mess if he tries to do that. I just yeah. wish he would do like, I wish he would just have some sort of hobby, like something that he liked to do, but he doesn't really have a hobby. You know, he doesn't like, he likes sports, but he doesn't really go to games. He likes going outside, but he doesn't really do anything with it. I just wish he had some sort of hobby. <laughs> yeah. My husband's got a hobby. He likes vinyls, you know? He yeah. Set vinyl, he set up a vinyl record player in our basement, and he he goes to this, uh, there's a store called Mr. Cheapo's near our house, and it's been there forever, and it's like a vinyl store. That's cute. Yeah, he goes and buys vinyls, and him and his friends at the bar all, like, tr- talk about vinyls and stuff Adorable. Like that. Yeah. He's got that, and he likes, play, he plays pool, obviously. Mel, is there anything you could think of, something out of character for your partner that you wish he'd do? I like when he does the laundry. that's a good suggestion i'll I'll take that answer um what would we like to outlaw in our relationship because there's something you would just be like okay we're never doing this again okay so every year at the same time actually we don't have to worry about this anymore no no we do yeah the the temperature in the house like my husband and i fight about it constantly i'll go over to the I, can I tell you how many times I've gone to that thermostat in the past week or two? It's been <laughs> 73 degrees. Oh my 73. Why? Wow, he likes that like, hot? I don't, yeah. He, th- he thinks it's freezing cold. And I don't know if it's because he's 50 now. <laughs> I'm going to be 50. But I was like, this is going to be a big problem. <laughs> I like it cold. Like, ask, like... Any of my roommates, I actually can't have roommates at book signings because I will put, I walk in and I put that thermostat on 60 and Uh that's the way it stays. I like it freezing cold. He is, he just like, I don't know. So we used to argue every single year, the air conditioner, we put the air conditioner in the windows Uh and before we got central AC, he would just put it on, he'd go over and he'd put it on an energy saver and I'd go back over and I'd take it off energy (laughs) saver and put it on energy saver because I'd like... You know, like when you put an air conditioner, an energy saver, it doesn't cool it. It just, it's like, it just keeps you on that borderline. It's like edging. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, we argue about the temperature basically. I wish that I could somehow, like, I wish I could get convinced my husband to clean out his car 
And that's oh my god! Like that's yes. something that in our relationship is one of the biggest fights. Wait, is what is how he how he takes care of his truck. Like uh, he, it's a fucking mess. And do you know this asshole? He said this to me since we dated. He was like, "You can tell how crazy a woman is by how messy her car is." And I'm like, "I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying you're a fucking asshole because your truck's a mess." So <laughs> let's not throw maybe he's just alerting you that he's crazy. I know he's, he's like, not I crazy. He's an asshole. <laughs> he's just an asshole. But, we, um, do you guys want to talk about Seta J? Okay, let's Should we do divert? it. Are you done <laughs> yeah. asking questions? Or, okay, I'm sorry. I was just seeing we're getting to the time. We usually go for you, it. Only if you want to. You got you want to ask more? No, I love good. the question. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. We can leave. Okay, it. we'll save right. some for next time. We're gonna play the second half of Slake His Thirst by Seta J. And when when we come back, I'll tell you about her her Guardians of the Realm series, which is all free. The first three books are free right now in Kindle and they're in Kindle Unlimited. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Chapter five. Lucius. Blood pounded in his ears as Lucius ran into the glass domed room. It was alive inside like something he hadn't seen in thousands of years. Trees and vines shifted in some unseen wind, and the magic in the space was almost too thick. He burst down the path, hearing the security guards behind him grunt and shout, The vines are blocking us! Do not cut them, he ordered, not bothering to glance back. He wasn't sure what the forest would do if threatened. Nothing poisonous had been planted in the place. His sister's voice filtered into his mind telepathically. This can't be what I think it is. How did you get through? It is, and I don't know, he sent back. The living woodland hadn't stopped him. If anything, he felt as if the place was urging him forward. He met Callista in the path, her snakes a writhing mass around her feet. My sister, she can't hear me, and the plants won't let me near her. The barrier won't move, she ground out, frantically gesturing to a wall of twisted branches. The woman's tone was filled with anger, helplessness, and the same fear that was mirrored in her golden eyes. I will get to her. He didn't spare more words. The healer had been stopped at the door with the other guards. He sent his mind out, telepathically searching until he felt Sage's awareness, and a jolt of recognition nearly took him to his knees. He groaned when he felt her mental wards melt away for him. His. She was his. A soft feminine gasp slipped inside his head, and the wave of lust that came with it rocked him. Who are you? Lucius. He heard the branches groaning and twisting behind him, while the ones that had barred his route shifted to clear a path to Sage. What the hell's going on? Callista's fear registered when she was cut off from him. He half turned. Go toward the door. Kyle will explain. Your sister is safe with me. He rushed through while contacting his own sister. In moments, he wouldn't care about anything but his mate. 
He growled. Get Callista out. Her sister is my mate. He felt the shock in Kaya's mental voice. You're sure? Yes. He needed to get to her. Who are you, Lucius? He groaned at the soft, sultry words slipping into his mind. The final leaves unfolded from the rest of the walkway and unveiled a goddess. It was his first real look at his mate. Raw need tore through him. She was his, and she was in danger. He'd lived thousands of years never imagining he'd find something so rare. And now, he would be forced to rush her through every step of their mating, or risk her life. Her eyes glowed a brilliant green as they hungrily trailed over his body. Her full lips parted as she raked her power over his chest and stomach, moving lower until waves of undiluted magic stroked his cock, nearly making him come in his jeans. He growled low, attempting to get a hold of the need. I am your mate, Sage, and using your power on me is an invitation, little one. You have no idea what I want to do to you right now, but we need to talk first, somewhere else. I don't think you understand what's happening. It was taking every ounce of his fading control not to lay her out on the flowers at her feet and bear her for his mouth and aching cock. At the mention of leaving, he heard the groan of the trees and a vine snaked its way around his foot and tightened. What is happening in here? It's beautiful. She looked around and he saw her awe, her love. Falling leaves caressed her cheek. The forest had no intention of allowing them to leave, and it seemed to care for Sage. He only hoped that wouldn't destroy her. His shoulders were strung tightly with all the tension he was feeling. He'd wondered at the extent of the power in the space, and he'd been right. The forest had grown sentient, and Sage wasn't controlling it even though he was sure she'd raised the magic somehow. Chapter 6 Sage Sage moaned and rolled her head back on her neck. So much power rushed through her that she felt like a live wire. Lucius's deep voice had taken her out of the dreamlike euphoria she'd fallen into, but now that she'd awakened... She needed. She opened her eyes to take him in. He was the most gorgeous man she'd ever seen. His silver eyes swirled with hunger, and his short black hair begged for her fingers. He had to be six feet four or five inches tall, and his tanned skin was partly covered in tattoos. He'd been sculpted from her deepest fantasies. Even the strong line of his stubbled jaw begged for her tongue. You don't have to feed me a line, Lucius. At this point, I'm a sure thing. I'm more than attracted to you, and I need to either run a marathon or have wild sex to release all this power. He stilled, his eyes even hungrier as he growled. This isn't a line. Tell me you understand. She smiled but her hands were shaking from all the power she didn't know what to do with. 
I hear your words, and I'm capable of consent if that's what you're asking. He was still keeping his distance when she could see the raw need in his eyes. She glided forward. It was you on the balcony. Sage, he said in a tone that sounded like a warning. His hands kept clenching at his sides, and his breathing was as labored as hers. His eyes were on her, but she somehow felt his awareness going out to the gardens that were sheltering them in their power. She closed the distance between them, moving more quickly than she ever had, and she felt the dizzying effects. A jolt of electricity sang through her blood the second she gripped his bare arms. She sucked in a ragged breath as he cursed, holding her against him, so gently for such a strong man. I need you to stop talking now, Lucius. She wasn't sure what else to do. The need was too intense. She didn't care what he thought of her. An animalistic noise left his lips before he wrapped her in his arms. She was suddenly lifted up as he claimed her lips. Her legs wrapped around his hips, and she moaned at the sensation of his hard cock riding her clit. She slid her magic over his body again, feeling all the hard muscle flexing under her assault. Just as she expended the power, more was fed into its place. It was nearly as overwhelming as the lust riding her. Was it so intense because of the magic? Or was it the fact that he was Aletheia? She wasn't sure why the need was so damned desperate, but she didn't care. He lay her on the bed of flowers she'd awoken on, and the soft petals caressed her arms as she gripped the edge of his t-shirt and practically tore it over his head. His chest was hard, with a faint dusting of hair that called to her fingers. His skin was so warm. With a sigh, she explored his chest, loving how he twitched beneath her touch. In a blur, her shirt was tossed from her, and her bra ended up a casualty of the sexy fangs that slipped from his lips. When he looked down at her body, she felt a shiver, as if he wanted nothing more than to devour her. She tugged his hair, wanting his mouth on her again. Within a second, he'd tied her wrists together above her head. She looked up and noted that he'd used her bra. Bondage on the first date? She tried for a joke, but it came out in a needy whimper. She really liked what he'd done. She focused on all the hard muscle spread before her, from the tattooed arms straining at her sides to the dips and curves arrowing down to the low waistband of his jeans. You are destroying every ounce of control I have. His eyes flashed with anger and so much heat. Isn't that the point? She asked breathlessly. Words weren't coming as easily anymore. No, not for the first time. I want you aware of every touch, every lick, every thrust. He bumped his hard cock against the seam of her tight jeans to punctuate his words. You've taken in more power than your mortal body can handle. We don't have time for ceremonies and courting. You could die if I don't make you mine tonight. Let me make this time perfect. Do it, she ground out. Her mind couldn't truly comprehend anything he was saying. 
She wanted to slip into the fantasy he painted, but when it was over, there wouldn't be a happily ever after. It was far-fetched to believe she'd be one in billions for him. Immortals didn't get a choice in mate. It was fated for them. She couldn't just see his frustration. She felt it in her mind. Was he still invading her thoughts? I'm in your thoughts, and you are in mine. This is real, and when I come inside you over and over, I will be binding you to me. I'll take every inch of your body until you beg for more. We'll share blood, memories, and when our souls connect, you will become like me. His mental voice was so damned intense, and the words were so filthy that she got even wetter, thinking of all the ways he would come in her. Was all this need part of the famed mating frenzy one went into when finding the one? His perfect features relaxed only a fraction as he leaned in and slid his lips over hers, teasing and tempting her as he settled his weight between her thighs. She shifted her hips, wet and ready. The thick muscles in his tattooed arms vibrated with strain as he ruthlessly seduced her with his lips. Finding a mate is a rare and beautiful thing in my world. I wouldn't rush a second of this if I had a choice. His tongue slipped between her lips, tasting and tangling with hers. She bowed her back, wanting his chest against her aching breasts. With her arms bound and one of his hands holding them at bay, she couldn't control any of it, and he was going too slow. Desire swamped her as if she was feeling both of their needs all in one. By the time his lips trailed to her neck, she was writhing beneath his weight. And when his warm breath met her ear and he nipped, she cried out. So sensitive. What about your neck? The edge of a fang raked her sensitive flesh, and she gasped. Power surged from her into the trees, and silky petals flittered around them as he tormented her. He didn't bite, simply skimmed the sharp edge over her sensitive lobe before moving down to her breasts. One at a time, he sucked them before grazing her taut nipple with his teeth. She thought she would lose her mind if she didn't come soon. With a strength she'd never had, she ripped her wrists free of the restraint and flipped him to his back, the flowers moving of their own accord, cushioning his massive body beneath her. Something dangerous and predatory flashed in his eyes when she gazed down at him, but his touch was gentle, too gentle. He was holding back. His chest rose and fell, and damn if those fangs weren't sexy as hell. A shiver of desire racked her body. Not willing to waste more time, her fingers moved to his jeans, quickly unfastening them. She licked the sexy line of his jaw and trailed her tongue to his chest while freeing his cock. A harsh noise hissed from his lips as she stroked him, and that sound made her ache even more. She needed to get her pants off immediately. As if hearing her thoughts, he shredded the jeans as though they were nothing more than a sheet of paper. So much strength was banked in his gorgeous body, and he was hers. 
She shook her head because she couldn't make any sense of it, not with so much power flooding her cells and lust hazing her mind. Her panties were the next casualty of their need, and the second she felt his fingers gliding over her clit, a precursor orgasm hit. It was only the first wave, enough that it should have taken the edge off, but it didn't. She gripped his massive cock, wishing she had time to worship it as it deserved. Enough, he growled. Guide it. His eyes were glazed with raw need. The tendons on his neck were tight, and she felt just how hard and hot he was in her hands. She lifted her hips and slid him in. If she hadn't been dripping for him, she never would have gotten him to fit. He was stretching her so full that her head fell back, her hands braced on his chiseled waist. Inch by inch, she took him. The scent of sex filled her lungs as she ground down, taking him all the way to the root. You're so damn tight, he gritted out. His warm hands gripped her ass, his fingers flexing as if he wanted to wrest control from her and fuck her, but he didn't. He waited for her to move, shifting his hold until his thumb circled her clit. She groaned and rode him, faster and faster until she was dizzy, her breathing harsh, her body on fire. She came in a long, exquisite wave. She felt like a mass of exposed nerve endings when he crashed over the edge with her. He shouted her name to the ceiling, and she felt the rush of his warm cum jetting inside her. She'd never felt anything like it. He throbbed, somehow hurtling her into another climax. When it was over, she collapsed against his chest, trying to breathe. The magic running in her veins hadn't eased. She felt as if she could have sex all over again, and it wouldn't be enough to release the raw energy coursing through her. Lucius caressed her back as she lay there. He was being so gentle with her. Even when he spoke, it was soft. It's not going to be enough, Sage. You can't hold this kind of power as a mortal. It will kill you. We have tonight. I'll do everything to make this special for you. She sat up so she could look down at him. Focusing was difficult, and she knew he couldn't be real. Softly, she asked, why not special for you, too? If this is a once in an eternity thing, why not special for you? Every touch is special. Every breath you take is, I know you don't understand. The way he smiled and spoke melted her and made it harder to breathe. She noticed that his features had eased into something less dangerous and more fangless. She couldn't decide if he was more beautiful now or before, when he was barely gripping the last threads of his control. It was tempting to see what it would take to shred that ruthless restraint. She knew he'd been minding his far superior strength, but she'd never felt more indestructible in her life. Unfortunately, it came with downsides like that fullness of power itching for release, and according to him, potential death. He traced a finger over her cheek, 
his gaze seeming to memorize her features as if he'd never seen anything more beautiful. She felt the evidence of their pleasure sliding between them, and she realized he hadn't really softened inside her. His grin was wicked. I could come for you as many times as you want. That will never be a problem. The smile faded from his lips. But right now, we have a little time to talk. I won't risk more than a couple of hours with you like this. He moved, settling her so she was on her side facing him. As she shifted, she looked around, finally comprehending the vast difference in the space. Her heart stopped. Callista? She's safe. You were unconscious, and the plants wouldn't allow anyone but me near you. Her pulse raced when she realized another truth. I'm not controlling any of this. Who is? The flora had completely transformed the space, and she hadn't fully understood when he'd come to her. All of the paths were overgrown and had left the two of them in a small clearing in the center. She sent power out to see if she could clear the way. The vines moved, but she felt the reluctance in a more sentient way than she'd ever felt from plants. It's a power the goddess Demeter once had. You can control them. You raised them. I didn't raise anything. The look on his face said she had. How can I have the powers of a goddess? Hers was one of the powers unleashed at the end of the world. I'm not sure what you know about Demeter. He clenched his jaw as if he hadn't been a fan of the woman, and that reminded her how old he could be. Most all of his kind were from an era when gods walked among humans. You knew her? He shook his head. New is a stretch. I fought battles against her. She raised forests like these during the wars. The woodlands guarded her, fought for her. She filled them with poisonous species strong enough to fell an immortal. When she went mad, like most of the gods, it only became worse. The creations became more dangerous, deadly to humans. When all the gods were finally contained by the creators millennia ago, the sentience in her creations faded away. I can't create species. Anxiety twisted in her gut as she thought of the possible horrors in that kind of power. Maybe not. You only have a portion of her abilities. If it had all come to you, it would have killed you. He was holding back. But you're worried. Worried I'll accidentally create something deadly. The power that had been so beautiful suddenly seemed scary as hell. Leaves came to slide over her cheek. Was the forest trying to comfort her? What the hell was happening? I worry that even a fraction of her magic is a thousand times too much for a mortal, so we need to change that quickly. I don't know what it will become, but I'll be with you as we figure it out. Her sister had been with her when this happened, and she worried she could have hurt Callista and not even known it. Her heart thudded in her chest, and he curled a strong hand over her hip and made little circles with his thumb on her skin. Something in her settled from his touch as much as his words. It's okay, 
Your sister's safe. Tell me what your power was like before. She looked around, thinking. Earth magic, specifically in plants, always called to me. It strengthens me. I can use it to power spells and wards, or to make the plants grow faster and stronger. But tonight, in here, I don't know what happened. The plants were reaching for me, and the power just kept coming, until it was if I'd burst into a thousand pieces, and then nothing. I fell into this dreamlike state. It was pure euphoria after I was compelled here. She glanced at the statue she'd been led to, a stone goddess with a crown of flowers. He turned to look at the depiction and shook his head. Not Demeter, more like a generic representation of the goddess. The plants of all four realms were under her control, so it was set in the center of a sampling from each plane. None of the other gods had her particular power, and even immortals with elemental earth power can't do this. The entire acre of gardens reconfigured after you came here. It moved and guarded you while you were passed out. He gestured around them. And this place recognized I was yours before you did. She slid her hand against his chest to get more of his comforting warmth. The entire situation was insane, but somehow she felt more grounded when touching him. They didn't know each other, but the connection, the chemistry, was undeniable. He caught her gaze, and the heated possessiveness she found in the depths of his eyes reminded her of what he'd said about them being in each other's minds. You can hear my thoughts, but I can't hear yours. Sometimes I feel like I can sense your thoughts, but it's more like I'm feeling your emotions. She'd felt his needs. He nodded very slowly. I'm trying not to overwhelm you with my thoughts. Yet you're listening to everything I'm thinking? She narrowed her eyes at him as she tested her mental wards. She couldn't see a break, but she didn't like that he was hearing her thoughts while hiding his own. She felt it when he slipped into her mind and nearly moaned at the eroticism of having him there. He set the block himself and slipped back after showing her how to use it. You're right, it wasn't fair. After sucking in a deep breath, she could focus again. He was a man who could admit he was wrong. That was exceedingly rare in her experience. She raised an eyebrow, still angry and hating that he'd seen her as some damsel he needed to rescue. Do you bowl over everyone in your life, or am I special because I'm mortal? She asked, before continuing. You could have told me how to block you, but you slipped into my mind and did it instead. Or you could have opened your own blocks. That would have been fair play. Chapter 7 Lucius For a moment, Lucius stilled, listening to his beautiful mate take him to task. His dick actually twitched against his stomach. She would have seen his reaction if she hadn't locked him in her gaze. Had he ever been at a loss for words? She spoke through the silence. I can almost feel you trying to find the answer you think I'll like. Don't. Be honest with me. 
I'm guessing it's probably best not to start off an eternity with you trying to pacify me. I won't always be this weak. She rolled her neck as if to rid herself of the anger and frustration he knew she felt. Tell me what happens next. Because even though I'm annoyed, this power feels like too much. And I'm starting to really need a replay of our earlier activities. He waited a beat, then answered her first question. My sister would say I bowl her over as well. It's not because I see you as weak. It's because of who I am. Her lips curved a little at his admission, and he took that as a good sign. He'd never had to explain himself before, and he had a feeling it wouldn't be the last time. Being cut off from her thoughts made him edgy. He hated having that barrier between them, but if he'd have allowed her into his mind, he would have scared the hell out of her. He was worried about what this power meant for her. His mind was going over all the potential options when he wasn't dying to get inside her. And if she knew how rabid the scar on her chest made him, he wasn't sure she would understand how much he hated that she'd been hurt and he hadn't been there. His protective instincts made him swift and deadly. Add all of that to the fact he had to temper his strength while riding the high of a mating frenzy. She was stronger and faster than a mortal should have been, but she wasn't a match to his strength. She would still be fragile until they finished this. He ran his fingers up and down her arm as he watched her. Her soft skin was so smooth and warm. He would never get enough of her, but it was time to do what he'd been dreading. She'd asked what they needed to do. The next step is to blood bond. She stilled. You want my memories? It took everything inside him to keep his voice calm. What would he see in her past that made her so nervous? What horrors had she lived through when he hadn't even known she existed? You'll have mine as well. We have to do this. I'll warn you that you'll probably see a lot of blood in my memories. I'm not human, little one. I've lived a long life. A very different life with very different rules. He watched her closely as he said each word, wishing he could hear her thoughts. Her gaze seemed to stutter. And we have to do this? Yes. He took a fortifying breath to keep his voice soft. I know you were hurt. His fingers slid to the scar on her chest. I'd have given anything to protect you. Her smile confused him. That was from me not dodging a fireball. It was a lesson. Nothing too traumatizing. Some of the tension left his shoulders, but he would still kill anyone who'd hurt her. She would understand that soon enough. What are you worried I'll see? I'd give my life to keep you safe, Sage. Immortality was only a long life. Even he couldn't regenerate a head. She raised her eyebrows. I sure as hell hope not. I'd be more impressed if you lived instead of worrying over a scratch. Her eyes grew serious again. I'm more worried about the things I've witnessed. 
I'm worried about you keeping the secrets I've promised to keep. I'd never betray you. Our souls will be connected soon. No part of a mated pair would harm the other, and sharing your secrets would hurt you. Hurt isn't the word I'd use. I'd be furious, and I'd find a way to make you pay. I take my word very seriously, Lucius, and my friends are part of my family. Everything she'd done, every word she'd uttered made him want to take her again. She was fucking perfect. He slid his hands into her hair and pulled her in for a kiss. She tasted so damned good. Every inch he'd sampled made him itch for more of her. Her tongue slid over his, and he fought not to get lost in the lust rolling over them. Little tremors racked her body, and she broke the kiss. Her eyes were glazed with lust and more making his pulse triple in speed because he could feel the magic inside her. The power? It's uncomfortable. Then it's time, he warned before kissing her, his hand softly stroking her back to soothe her nerves. In her mind, he whispered the vows spoken by every mated pair for thousands of years. I vow to honor and care for you with my body, soul, and in blood for all eternity. He felt the magic flowing around him, accepting his sacred promise. She moaned into his mind and repeated the words exactly. His cock had gotten impossibly hard, but they weren't done. They needed to finish this. He'd given her all the time he could. He continued rubbing her back, easing her as he broke the kiss to bite into his tongue. Moving with preternatural speed, he reclaimed her mouth, giving her his blood in the easiest way possible. She moaned and greedily sucked on his tongue as she grinded her body against his. He grazed her kiss-swollen bottom lip with a fang and lapped the sting. The first taste of her pulled a low groan from deep inside his chest. Lucius found himself in the memories of a child, his mate. Mentally, he smiled as he felt her thoughts when she realized she was getting a sister and another mom. She glanced down at the toddler with chocolate skin and little golden eyes. They'd played before. The little girl was cute. She had chubby little cheeks and a pet snake. And Sage thought it was so cool she would have someone to play with all the time. There weren't that many kids so deep in the swamps. She eyed the moms gazing down at her with matching nervous smiles, loving smiles, light and dark like their daughters. She didn't understand any of what she saw. He did. Her moms were anxious she wouldn't like the new arrangement. She was thinking in far simpler terms. He felt young Sage's excitement. She can share my toys, but not my cookies, she declared firmly. In her mind, two moms meant two times the cookies and a playmate. She practically vibrated with glee as she grabbed her new sister's hand and dragged her out of the room to show her their room. He fell into another memory, from when she was a little older. He felt her excitement when her mom taught her spells. 
She sat with her small family on an old stool in their big kitchen, laughing and singing badly while chopping up ingredients for dinner. She concentrated on using the power of the ivy growing almost wild in their home. It helped her settle a ward around the house. Her moms whooped and danced around the room when she'd gotten it right. She was so proud, so excited to try it again, so loved. Many memories flashed as she learned her craft and played with her sister and friend Ash. Lucius mentally frowned at her thoughts of the boy. Before he settled in, Lucius was dropped into another memory. He could feel she was about ten, and doing something she felt was dangerous and daring. Callista was her lookout, as she snuck down into the nearly collapsing cabin of smugglers who'd caged so many magical creatures. Inch by inch she moved. She was full of magic from all the trees and giant lily pads around her. Her mom and mama had taught her spells to protect their home. And the swamps were that home. The bad men had stuck the animals in small cages, and she'd heard their cries when she and Callista were exploring. Lucius wasn't feeling good about any of this memory. He was on edge as she watched two bedraggled men leave in a fan boat. Then she snuck into the piece of shit home that reeked so badly that she put a hand over her face. She sent a spell to unlock all the cages and open the front door. With a whoop, she and Callista ran as fast as they could. Snakes seemed to follow, and neither girl was worried. She'd been so very proud of herself. Her moms were less pleased. They made calls to have the animals rescued and lectured the girls. He felt his mate's heart breaking at the thought of the creatures being in danger because of her. She'd thought she was saving them, but the swamps were dangerous. He would have a heart attack if their children were anything like her. He mentally braced himself for the next memory. Several passed with more dangerous heroics and pastimes. The two moms seemed to get grayer every time he saw them in her memories. It didn't matter to Lucius that she'd always had such moral reasons for her actions. Her recklessness didn't make him less nervous. Not at all. A succession of memories showed a budding friendship with a dark-haired girl with mixed heritage and dark blue eyes. Jade, Ash's cousin. Something about Jade sent warning signals off in Lucius's mind. That girl had seen things. Bad things. And it was obvious to him, but not to Sage. Jade tried to keep to herself but Sage had pushed through the girls' walls and they'd gotten close. He felt how much Sage had grown to love her best friend. They ran amuck in the swamps. They played with spells and shared notes on their schooling. Jade and Ash had taught Sage to fight dirty. That's when the worst of her memories came. He saw her as a teenager tramping around the swamps at night with Jade. They slipped by a dive bar. Music filtered from the cracks in the ancient wood, barely holding up the roof. Sage's instincts told her something was wrong. Jade's stance beside her changed, a small warrior set to do battle. Sage didn't see the three older men until it was too late. 
They were tall, with dirty t-shirts covering bulging stomachs, twice the girl's size and more than twice their age. Lucius raged in the cage of the memories as the men in dirty clothes trapped his mate and her friend. She smelled whiskey and smoke on their rank breath and put on a brave face through her growing fear. They taunted the girls and tried to grab them. The girls fought, but the men were stronger. Jade moved far too quickly for a mortal, and two of the men were on the ground, but one had a knife to Sage's neck. He felt the sharp metal digging into her neck as her heart raced. The other men got up, yelling and trying to drag the girls away. But something dangerous flashed in Jade's eyes. Power. The men were trapped in it, but not Sage. Lucius's mate was in shock. But the men's eyes went wild as they scratched at the lids, crying out in fear that wouldn't stop coming from them. The knife had dropped along with the three writhing men. Jade was shaking and pale. The girl looked numb when Sage pulled her away from the scene. Fear and fury sank their claws into Lucius's mind. More memories shot past in a rush. But his mind was on the dirty knife at his mate's throat. If Jade hadn't killed the men, Lucius would have hunted them down. He barely registered the changes in her life other than seeing the long friendships with Jade and Ash, and more and more danger as they started bounty work. He saw the collection of too many powerful Magea. He was grateful as hell when he realized her wild streak had started to fade. He thanked the creators that she'd grown out of bounty hunting. He was in her mind when she and her friends opened her bar. Those memories were happy ones, with her sister and friends and moms. Then, she was teleporting to Slake, and trying not to throw up when she reformed on the grounds. He felt her excitement at seeing a hellhound for the first time. She loved it all. It seemed a little danger would always excite his mate. When she saw him on the balcony, she'd been drawn to him. That made him happy. She'd been in awe of Slake, the mermaids, then the conservatory. The plants and trees were reaching for her, drawing her forward. He felt the compulsion she'd spoken about, the rush of power until she passed out. He felt the moment she heard his voice in her head, when she saw him in front of her, felt her desire and lust, her power, and when her climax rolled through her, then she was afraid of the power she didn't understand and how it was filling her too full. With him, she felt safe and comfortable, as if it was truly right. That was a good sign. He loved how her heart had done a flip when he'd spoken the vows to her. She was learning to trust him and care for him. He woke with his mate in his arms, and he was grateful as hell that she was still unconscious. He needed time for his heart to stop pounding and to simply hold her. Chapter 8 Sage One moment, she was sucking on Lucius's tongue. The taste of his blood hadn't been coppery and terrible. It had been dark and sweet, like fine port. 
She'd gotten drunk on him before landing in a whole different world. Sage was with him in a time when children were trained as warriors, as killers. Kids fought with razor-sharp swords and were forced to lock down their emotions. It was dim and horrible, like some terrible medieval movie. She was in the mind of Lucius as a child, fighting to contain his emotions. She felt everything the boy felt. The determination and the way he fought the other children was ruthless, but for a purpose. It was that or death. The god Apollo had taken the immortals of the world and bred them for wars with the other gods. His father was the top breeder. He had a sister and brothers in that place, and if he didn't watch over them, they would die. Kaya was the littlest, other than the babies, and he worried that she showed too much emotion. She was four and failing in her training, and he didn't know what to do. His father snuck into the camps whenever he could, but even his talks didn't help. Lucius would be seven soon, and they would move him to be with the bigger kids. He'd told his father of his fears. Sage wondered how the hell a six-year-old mind could feel so ancient, so jaded. Sage's childhood had been filled with love, not death. That came with time, but she'd been older. Damn it, her heart was breaking at his thoughts and all the memories that played in that space. She saw him coaching his little sister, Kaya. Sage saw the girl's wide, tear-filled eyes and the little fangs that retracted whenever she was upset. He lectured her, worried until his stomach twisted into unrelenting knots. She was tossed into more and more memories of him fighting, breaking bones and limping off in agony, though he didn't show it. She was in his mind when his captors watched over him as he honed his telepathy and hunting skills. She was there when he'd first taken human blood and was ordered to decipher the memories. If she'd been in her own mind, she would have thrown up. She was crying inside by the time he finally got his sister out of there. His father had risked his life to free them. Lucius's father looked so much like he did that they could almost be twins. Tynan. Lucius's father's name was Tynan. Tynan's face was a mask of calm, but she saw the shadows in his eyes as he ordered a seven-year-old Lucius to protect his sister. The two were being ushered through hidden tunnels partially filled with dank water in order to flee to a sanctuary at Aphrodite's palace. The whole thing was horrendous and grew worse as she felt the boy's fears as if they were her own. He worried his father would die for this, or maybe the other kids would. He worried he wouldn't be able to protect Kaya, but she would have died or been forced to do awful things if they'd stayed. It was too much for a child to bear, but he schooled his features into nothingness and bade his father goodbye, all the while completely terrified. He turned like the man he thought he was, grabbed his sister's hand, and rushed her out of the narrow rock tunnels. He never let her go as he scanned for threats, ready to protect her with his life. She wasn't sure she could take any more. She had been thrown into so many memories of a growing man who'd been raised as a warrior. He hadn't lied when he'd said she would see a lot of blood. She did. She also saw the forests of Demeter, 
So many sightless eyes stared up with viscous black liquid dripping from their lips from the poisons. She saw him leading men and women into battle. She saw and felt history in the making. It was a historian's dream, not hers. She felt like she'd seen too much. She'd lived through Lucius's life, his emotions and dreams, and it wasn't getting better. The gods were destroying Earth in their madness. Only three gods weren't insane, but it didn't matter. The creators returned when they all thought the world wouldn't survive. She was there in his mind when the great exile came, and the creators sent the gods to sleep and the immortals away. Humanity had almost been wiped out in the wars, so the creators apparently hadn't taken any more chances with their more powerful creations. From there, it was far less bleak. Lucius battled beasts and helped his father with the resort on an island in the other realm. He'd grown restless and bored. Centuries passed as if they were days. Then Sage found herself at the end of the world, the thundering of the realms crashing and resurging, and Lucius's exhilaration at battling beasts and protecting mortals. He'd been in the thick of it all. Once the fighting had stopped, there was so much magic and destruction all around him and his sister and those he'd led into the fight. They helped rescue the humans caught in the aftermath. She felt his joy in freedom. She watched as he learned more and more about combining technology and magic to keep those he cared about safe. He was a born protector. It was in his very bones. He didn't know any other way to be. Then she moved to the present at Slake. The day she'd arrived, he'd been drawn to her immediately. She felt everything he wouldn't share when he blocked his thoughts from her. The second he connected with her mind to wake her, he'd known she was his. He'd been gutted. There was no real way to feel the emotion that came from him when he learned he had a mate. It was true reverence. She felt his worry for her and his caring when he learned things he liked about her. It was insane to be in his mind and feel his emotions, knowing that those possessive and protective instincts were for her. He wanted to cherish her. He wanted to do filthy things with her, but at the same time, he was scared to hurt her. In the course of all of this, Sage realized she was falling in love. Living his entire existence with him made it impossible not to care for him. He was incredible, and he thought she hung the moon. She awoke in the warmth of Lucius's arms, and she breathed in his seductive, masculine scent. Her head was tucked beneath his neck, and she stayed there for a moment, listening to the steady beat of his heart. She felt his breath against the top of her hair. Are you okay? Yes, but I don't know what to say, or do, she admitted. She felt so much for him. The timeline of their relationship was less than a day, yet she knew more about Lucius than anyone else in her life, maybe more than she knew about herself. Falling so hard so quickly was impossible. She leaned back to look at him. There was such tenderness in his gaze that she had to swallow through her emotions. He really was 
hers. I think it's time we get out of here. His words made her frown, but when she looked around, she saw that the paths had cleared. How? The blood bond allowed me to siphon some of the power from you. Do you feel better? There was so much concern in his tone. She still felt the power inside her, but it had eased. How had she not noticed? He stood, lifting her to her feet as if she weighed nothing. She looked down at her bare chest and shredded jeans and shook her head. Searching the ground, she found his t-shirt and commandeered it. I'm stealing this. She crouched to unbuckle her high, strappy sandals and then dispatched her ruined pants and underwear, balling them up to toss as soon as she could. She was mostly covered by the length of his tee on her much smaller body. She let out a breath, readying herself for the most epic walk of shame ever. When she stood, she noticed he was staring at her with hunger in his eyes. Lead the way, big guy. She rolled her shoulders in a failed attempt to release some of the building tension. My sister is probably losing her mind right now. Kaya explained everything to her, including the fact that we will be unavailable for the rest of the night. The seductive promise in his voice sent a shiver of anticipation running through her. He took her ruined clothes and shoes in one hand and engulfed her smaller hand in his as they walked through the forest. He scanned the space. Leaves slid over her cheek, and she tempered her anxiety and accepted the gesture as a loving one. The woodlands were still alive, but they'd moved back to their old spaces and seemed to only lean into her as she passed. Once they'd exited through the doors of the conservatory, Lucius lifted her up and carried her. He stalked with her through empty hallways and up a private staircase to another empty corridor. You sent orders to clear the hallways, she mused, as he carried her through a doorway into a suite of rooms. She inhaled his scent as he nodded. We are in the middle of our mating. I don't want distractions. He didn't release her until they were in a massive stone bathroom. He gently set her on her feet on a soft rug, and she looked around at the space. She'd seen the massive living room, done in dark colors with a high coffered ceiling and a large fireplace. French doors lined the wall, and sheer curtains let in moonlight. It was the same in the bedroom, but the four-poster bed looked as if it had been carved for a giant. The design was a mix of old-world antique and modern luxury. She watched with growing need as he removed his shoes and jeans. He lifted her shirt while she was attempting to decipher the tattoos on his arms. You've been quiet since seeing my memories, Sage. We both have been. Do something for me, she said when she wasn't sure what else to do. Anything, he said, and she could feel he meant it. He led her into the walk-in shower. The warm spray on her skin made her moan. I know everything about you, and I think you know everything about me. Let me into your mind. She opened the block on her own thoughts, allowing him to feel all she couldn't put into words. He groaned, pulling her into his chest, 
and she used the opportunity to run her hands all over his back and ass. She burrowed her head against him, enjoying the warmth, the safety she felt in his arms. In his memories, she'd seen all that he wanted to do to her, and she wanted it too. She wanted him in the filthiest ways, and she let him see all of the needs she'd never shared with anyone. Somehow, it was easier that way. His breaths were coming harder and faster. His cock throbbed against her stomach. She whispered into his mind, please, I need to know what you're thinking, Lucius, about me. Not me as a mate, but the real me. The me only you could truly know. When he opened his mind to her, it nearly buckled her. His emotions and thoughts were so raw and intense that she gasped against him. Her mind was a whirlwind of lust and caring. Love? He touched her then. She felt him soaping her aching body, relaxing her. His desire to care for her was almost as strong as his need to be inside her. Does this answer your questions, little one? Yes, she moaned into their connection. He took her lips in a ruthless kiss that shattered all thought. She was a being of emotion, both his and her own. Nothing existed but desire and love. His tongue mingled with hers. She felt the tile against her back, then groaned as he slid inside her. He circled his hips, rubbing against her clit until she cried out. After several long, hot minutes, they came together in a frenzied rush. Get on your knees, he ordered, after they managed to catch their breath and her feet were back on the ground. Her mind and body were a whirring mass of need all over again, and she wasn't sure how that was possible. Frenzy. Lucius tilted her head to look at him. I want you to lick off all the cum. I want you to taste yourself on my cock. You wanted my thoughts, and now I have yours, little one. I can feel how turned on you are. She groaned, knowing he was seeing her fantasies. With inhuman speed, he left the shower only long enough to grab a towel and tossed it to the floor. Now, Sage. The authority in his tone got her so damned hot. She sank to her knees in front of him, and he tilted his cock to her lips. His eyes were on hers when she lapped at the tip, teasing him. If you want a spanking, ask. For now, suck. He ground the words out. She was getting wet all over again. She slid her fingers between her thighs, feeling his cum sliding from her body. She lifted her fingers to his cock, painting it on before licking it off as he watched. She closed her eyes at the taste. He was so sweet, so different and good, like a treat she would never tire of. She took his massive cock to the back of her throat, licking and sucking as if she could never get enough. The animalistic noises he made spurred her on. Swallow. You can take me into your throat. Do it. God. She was going to come. 
She breathed through her nose and swallowed over and over until he slid deeper than she'd ever taken a man. He was so big, so long and thick. She could feel everything she was doing to him. She was so close to coming. It was the most intense thing she'd ever done. She moved her hand from her pussy so she could stroke him as she sucked. Good girl, make me come, swallow it all. She moaned around him as she shifted back, almost letting him pop from her lips before taking him all the way into her throat again, swallowing over and over until he was growling and coming for her. His hands slid into her wet hair, holding her far more gently than his words had suggested. She savored every drop, licking her way back to the tip. He never seemed to fully soften. When she looked up, she saw a fierce look on his face. He had her in the bed so fast, she gasped. She felt soft material against her wet back. He looked down at her as if he would devour her, and that was exactly what he had in mind. Her breathing was labored as images of what he wanted to do to her played in her mind. Every touch, every emotion was so intense that she felt like she wanted to crawl inside him. There was a whirring in her chest and stomach she couldn't understand. Your soul is pushing to connect with mine. That's what you're feeling, Sage. Now spread your legs. Show me your pussy. She swallowed hard while doing as he ordered. His eyes flashed with raw hunger before he came down between her thighs. His talented tongue slid into her, licking her. You taste so damn good. He groaned as he slid his tongue inside her again. She writhed, feeling everything he was feeling along with her own desire. It was too much and not enough. He teased and tormented, moving to nip the insides of her thighs, then eating her as if starved. Bend your knees and let me see your little ass. She whimpered as she moved. His fingers lightly slid over the hole, and he sent a mental image of what he was seeing. So pretty. You're so wet, your juices slid here. He licked her tiny back entrance, and she nearly came off the bed. I want this, Sage. I want to come in your tight ass. I know you've never taken anyone here, and I want it. Yes, she cried out. He leaned in and sucked on her clit while one of his fingers toyed with her back hole. In seconds, she came, her body convulsing as his finger pushed inside her. She rode it uncontrollably. She felt his need to dominate, and it was sexier than anything she'd ever known. He needed to claim every single inch of her, and she wanted to give him everything as much as she felt his need to give her the world. He kissed her mound before coming up to claim her lips in the most thorough kiss yet. It wasn't rushed. He sampled her lips, and she felt so much love through the bond that it was dreamlike. He lifted away from her, and the way he studied her face made her heart flutter. It's not a dream, Sage. I do love you. For you, it seems soon. For me, it's exactly right.
I know. And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't let you fuck me in the ass. She said it without any expression and only smiled when he laughed. The sound was so sexy, she just stared at him. He was perfect. His voice was husky when he admitted, it's a good thing you love me then. Now, roll over. She moaned low and flipped to her stomach, looking over her shoulder at him. He left the room for a moment. I had the healer leave this. I've never had anyone in my bed. Her heart melted a little more. This healing cream will make it easier for you. I'm too big to do it any other way. He lifted her hips and slipped pillows beneath her until her ass was in the air. Her skin was wet from the shower, and still she felt heated. Need made her ache for his touch. Open your legs. She spread them wider and listened as he uncapped the jar. It was loud in the quiet room. He sent her more images. She was laid out for him, and that turned him on so much. She gripped the blankets as the need built. He slid the cream over her and pushed it inside, and all the while, it was like watching porn in her mind. He showed her everything, even his palm coating his cock with a potion. Use your hands to spread yourself open and hold them there the whole time. His order short-circuited her brain. She swallowed, spread her ass for him, and kept her hands there. It was such a submissive pose, and she knew it. Got off on it. He circled her ass with a finger again before sliding it in and out. The sensation was so different that she forgot to breathe. He was stretching her, and she'd thought it would hurt, but it felt good. So good. He guided his cock there, letting her see it all through her mind. She lay there, eyes closed, watching him push his cock inside her as she gasped under his weight. Inch by inch, he stretched her. You like having my cock in your ass, don't you, little one? You're getting wet at how much I'm stretching you. You're going to let me claim this sweet virgin ass, and you'll come as I do. She was so wet, and he was right. She was about to come when he thrust in and out, impaling her over and over. He ground down until she felt his hips against her hands, and he couldn't show her what he was doing. Good girl, now hold on. I'm gonna give you my weight. I'm gonna hold you down until all you can do is accept it. His words were making her pant into the bedding. She was losing it. When he gave her his weight and pumped his cock in her ass, she bit the cotton to keep from screaming as the climax rocked her back into him. He pushed her harder into the bed, then thrust two more times and shouted, his cock jetting so deep inside her, it somehow sent her over again. The whirling inside her chest and stomach took that moment to lash out, and she screamed in ecstasy before darkness took her under. When she woke, she was tucked into Lucius's side, and she felt him rubbing her shoulders. She felt incredible and light. The power of the conservatory was still there, but it was easier, and it felt right. 
It didn't feel as if her body was too small anymore. She stretched her arms. How could she feel so good after the marathon of sex they'd had? Nothing ached from overuse. You're Alethea now. Your body heals itself, Lucia said when she looked up at him. Her tongue went to her teeth, but there were no fangs. His chest moved and she noticed he was laughing. I'll teach you everything. She settled against him. They had life things to discuss, but there was still time. I'm really immortal now? You're really mine. Forever, he whispered as he bent to kiss her. This has been Slake His Thirst by Seta J. Read for you by Kit Swan and Kurt Bonham. Hey, we're back. Hey. 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 Okay, so Guardians, of the, oh, that was good, right? It's like his thirst. <laughs> I, said, I always forget that like, it just played. I know. Insert. I yeah. know. <laughs> um, that was amazing. Thank you, Seta, for being on the podcast. I'm adjusting my boobs, even though we're filming this on, for YouTube. No big deal. I put a bra on for this. You did? Wow, you put wow. a whole bra on. A sports bra, but a bra. Well, mine's a sports bra, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, you can't if get this content on the podcast. I just no. flashed the screen. Wow. Okay. Tasha's showing her tits on the video if anybody wants to go see it on YouTube. <laughs> so, okay. The Guardians of the Realm series is all free this week only by Seta J. Uh, there's really quick book, book descriptions here. Ecstasy Unbound is book one. In a desperate need to help her beloved brother, Alex will go to the enthralling Guardian, her dark obsession. And even though he will surely attempt to exile her, she won't go easily. Ecstasy Claimed uh, is book two. Against the backdrop of evil forces that are conspiring to topple the realms, can uh, Gregoire find his wayward mate before she is taken by corrupt immortals? Can Alyssa forgive him and learn to exert her own female power while surrendering to his savage passion? Anytime savage passion is is, uh, the descriptor I'm in. Yes. So anyways, those are the first two books. It says, warning, these books are intended for adult audiences. Brief instances of MFF and MFM, menage, voyeurism, and sexually explicit scenes. And then don't forget that Destined to Crave is 99 cents this week, and it's it's based in the same world as the podcast book. So go grab it. All right. And uh, also, readmeromance.com, Seta J is giving away a $50 gift card. And you can enter to win. And also the new release tab, Mel B is updating that with new releases. So go ahead and click it. Who we got next week? Next week is B. Cranford. Ooh. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's like this really witty, uh, smart writer uh, who I just adore. She's, I've known, I feel like I knew her as a blogger or as, um, yeah, before she was a writer. And this one is about a girl's fear of heights and it takes place at an amusement park and she meets a man and uh, he helps her get over her fear of heights, I believe so. Oh, sexy. Yeah, it's really cute. That's cute. The cover's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful cover. The heroine has purple hair and yeah. Okay. Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. 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 Read me romance. Read, read.